Um, Katie just said hi after I said that because she doesn't know that we're recording a podcast right now. Hi, Katie. Eric says hi, Katie. I know you thought I was talking to you, but guess what? Sometimes I'm just not. I love you. No, I'm not talking to you, Camille. I was talking to Katie. <laughs> now Eric just said he wasn't talking to Camille. He was talking to Katie through this. Is that true? Yeah. Is that true, Eric? Yeah. That's really funny. They all think that we're talking to them. What they don't know is that we're on our video game podcast instead of talking to our wives. Um, all right, let's let's get going. Let's do it. I was okay. Oh, what? What were you gonna say? Well, I was waiting for you. I made a new beat. Oh fuck! Dare we? <laughs> That's great. It's a good one. It's it's real short. Let's, it's let's called it. it's called yams for Alex. Yams for Alex. I love it. Um. All right. Here's yams for Alex, and then we'll start the episode. Okay. And then you'll hear right. yams for Alex. They just they're gonna hear yams for Alex. Bundle Buddies is the podcast where we play independently created video games from itch.io and beyond. Um, did you change that? I did. Is that okay? What is it? What was it before? I don't know. I, but what you just what you just said sounded good. Well, because I did the last one, and so I, I tinkered with it a little bit. It's okay. Can we say indie video games? Yeah. Independently created just feels like. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean you, you i created this I, you know i independently jacked off video game the, you know, the other day i'm sorry i'm sorry i touched your copy no i i, I like that you did um i just wish it was better <laughs> oh my god someone needs a someone needs a nap a i nap. need a long nap yeah i do <laughs> welcome to bundle buddies the podcast where we play indie video games from itch.io and beyond my name is alex honnett my name is eric roth and our producer is matthew haddock we started playing through the bundle uh the itch.io bundle for race just and equality when it was launched in june 2020 raising over eight million dollars for charitable causes we have since added more game even more games and uh even more bundles and games to, to i'm sorry i touched this copy too <laughs> i know you did <laughs> I tightened it up a little bit. It's it's changes changes hard, but it, I think it. I think it. I think I'm it's hop. I'm bouncing all over. You know what? You take the copy. No, 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 no. I want to hear the intro from you. Let's do. Okay. It, let's do it. Let's switch it up for a little bit. Okay. From the, we started playing through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality when it was launched in June 2020, raising over $8 million for charitable causes. We have since added even more bundles and games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 20. <laughs> I'm useless. You're not. This, this is good. 
This is episode 74, and we have played 209 of the 3,451 games in our bundles, and we promise to play all of them. Thank you for joining us today. Alex, I'm sorry I touched the copy. No, I love it. I think the copy updates are great. They're just we've been using the other ones for like you know since the we started the second season so I know yeah them, I, it's uh, yeah yeah I'm on motor memory I'm exhausted Eric was part of a shoot we did today for a short film that I'm helping produce and we got on set at one in the morning but you know I was on set before then and uh, we we recorded or we shot until eleven and well actually I, uh, I really it was actually. So I was doing it as a favor to our our friend Bridget and um, not a bundleeber. <laughs> no, not a bundleeber. Explicitly I don't know if she's not. Ever, no, uh, I've never talked her, her damn life. Hook, hook nor crook about video games. Um, but it's great. She, you know, I was doing her a favor and uh, probably one of the easiest cinematic favors I've ever done, where I showed up to be an extra at like. Eight? No, I showed up at seven forty-five. I thought I was going to be there till eleven. I only had to be there till ten, and mm-hmm. I just got to like read a little bit and talk to talk to friends. So, and you and Brian Biancardi, Bundle Lieber, Brian Biancardi, were like nodding off. It was so yeah. funny. It was, it was great. It was we adorable. It was very they sweet. Took a picture of me. They, uh, Bridget. It was so funny. She cast me in this role as like explicitly like a gross guy at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it was like. So I'm producing the damn thing. Like she's like, we need someone who's like disgusting to sit at the bar, you know. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right. Did you do her? But, did you do her proud? Oh yeah, I was n- nasty. I was a little nasty boy. My hair's so long and stringy right now. I didn't shower Ew. yesterday. It looks, it's, it's a, uh, it's pretty gross stuff. Yeah. Sorry, sorry if my appearance offends you, America. Oh man, here he is. Oh, um. He's uh, talking out, coming out swinging. I mean, here's the funny thing about uh, the uh, copy changing is because I've been sort of MIA for a little bit, except for recording the episode. So Eric's been here. He's been, the, you know, when you're when you're the guy who's writing the recording the, the intros and doing this and doing that, then you get to make some changes to the copy. And this is uh, no different. This is a an Eric. This is a Sans Alex episode. It's yeah. Eric Roth. The 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 uh, the cats away and the mice are will play. It's um it's a really great episode. Uh, we have uh, former returning Bundleeber uh, Greg Carber on, and um, who only does when, the podcast when I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like it's like oh shit, I need you know. I think we had like we had a meeting Sunday, and you're like I'm not going to be there, so I texted him. Um, Greg has been uh, he's been working on a lot of murder mysteries lately. He's actually mm. um, he. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to give his like good news away. I don't think uh, that's fair, but, but good news happened to him, um, you know, with, with him, but uh, he's, this is a great episode. We get to talk about games and game design and, uh, and branding <laughs> short filmmaking. Also, um, it's I've heard uh, of let's go Brandon, but let's go branding. Oh my hell? God. Oh my God. Um, no, Greg oh Carver, Greg, I, it, it's really funny because I think he texted me after he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. 
that I was like so low energy and it was like he talked for like an hour straight. This guy is he's like brilliant. I have like I have smart friends and uh and he's one of them. He's one of those classic sort of Aerith. Aerith. That's that's Aerith. I've never considered that before. But if you kind of combine your names, it's Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. But he's <laughs> one of those classic Eric Roth genius boys, where they you you have them on, and they're so loquacious and interesting and charming and fun, and you have a great time. And then afterwards, the text you're like, "Was that too much?" Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're all they all stress out about it. And... I know. I love it. It's uh, great. Yeah uh no it's a good one um again uh we're donating to um any abortion cause um so if you donate and send proof well explicitly to- oh, right. it's not any abortion cause i mean definitely right. consider donating to planned parenthood or these things but but what we're talking about is abortion funds like yes. at the local level in your state so uh, find a state that uh, has abortion restrictions that are going into place now and that will be in the immediate future and don't and give them money because those are the places that need it the most right now. Uh, yes. We have a list in our Twitter uh, that uh, are some very deserving funds that could use your help. Um, but uh, check it out. Check that out. And yep. do- donate, please. Donate. Send proof to uh, bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com. We'll shout you out on the show. That's right. We've donated too. Just see. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. done it every week. Um, Pop in. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I haven't heard it. Oh, I wonder, you're love I wonder it. if you guys say anything nice about me. I hope so. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right. I think it's, uh, yeah, the fact that neither Matt nor Alex is here is really just. <laughs> like you and I might just straight up end up just having a conversation between the two of us that that nobody will ever hear. Right, right, right. So That's I think approaching it approaching it as uh as as if the two of us are just having a conversation is totally fine. Right, Cheers. right. Cheers. Ding. <laughs> oh. But welcome, welcome back to welcome back to Bundle Buddies. Yeah, glad to be here. Love to talk about uh, games. Love to talk about mysteries, mystery and, both. and murder. Um, you were just talking about uh, your your rebranding strategy. Right. You're you're going right. all in on uh, on murder. I am a I am a murder mystery writer. Yeah. Do okay. Sorry, and Greg Carber. Why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? Hi, my name is uh, uh, Greg Carver. I currently am writing murder mysteries under the <laughs> pen name of G.T. Carver, which Ooh. is significantly spookier than, <laughs> than the name Greg. Um, and I make games. I write music. I am in post-production of no, a horror Greg, comedy you, musical movie. Wait, you're going off the. You gotta. You gotta stick to the script that you are. <laughs> wait, wait, no, 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 no. I was gonna tie it back because the okay, movie is a mystery whodunit musical. Okay, got it. Comedy, <laughs> which you've been working on for a long time now. Right, I've been saying I'm in post-production on it since before you were born. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's a great, it's a great thing to say you're in post-production on a movie the first time you tell someone. (laughs) (laughs)
Because <laughs> by like, the by oh, the third time, right. they're like, "Oh, what does that what does that mean at this point?" Right, right. And, well, and yeah. you know, I I like to tell like you know I, I some previously when people would ask me like, "How's the movie coming?" I would want to kill them, you know. <laughs> and now. I, I wish I could convey to them that it's actually so much closer than it was any of the previous times they spoke with me. Uh -huh. We are sound mixing and color correcting things that you typically think of as oh, doing like you at the do end. those yeah when you're done with like like your work is done or are you right. doing that? No no thank thank God we we're paying we're paying professionals to do it. <laughs> what why. Uh, do it yourself like the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you were holding the camera, but you were like, I do like, well, I so I made a short. Uh, wait, wait, also. we paid a guy to, we paid a guy to hold the camera. <laughs> okay, all right. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a very professional film. Uh, I, I made a short, um, which we shot about like six months ago at this point. So I've been in post for the duration where people start to like ask you, Right. You're like, you know, you start to get like the texts or whatever from the people that helped out kind of along the way. Like, hey, where, right. where is it? And you're, you're like, it's, it's going great. I can't, I'm not right. going to show it to you. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely never going to show that. Well, I'm going to show it to you. Well, eventually. I mean, you're going to show like, it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. When it's ready. Um, but, you know, the process of like who you decide to like, you know, the ways in which you decide to make it uh like you know professionally and then the other ways that you decide to fudge it are very funny right. I, I think right but like and, and and i found and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this that i always made the wrong choice <laughs> <laughs> that when i decided to do it you know cheaply or on my own it was something that was a disaster <laughs> and, and when i paid someone i always was like oh i could have done that that was a waste of money <laughs> right I will say, I will say, are are the very glad I didn't hold the camera. Uh, always uh -huh. pay someone else to do that. They yeah. are much better geniuses at it. And you know, I <laughs> it's so funny. I started once I was like halfway through the movie. I started like when I would like someone would have me take a photo of them. I'd go, you know, I'm a movie director, you know, and I would sort of like act like I would be better at taking photos. And then at some <laughs> point, I realized I'm like one of the worst photographers in the world. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm really bad. Yeah. I the, I don't I don't know how I am so bad. Right. I it's Me like neither. I'm like the lighting is off, the angle right. is wrong. I right. just Camille, right. I exclusively have terrible photos of Camille. They're just right. whenever her birthday comes around and I'm supposed to like post on Instagram, I'm scrolling right. like months and months back. I'm just like right. I have to find a like usable photo usable right now. photograph yeah well and, i wrote a movie I, that was shot and p presumably edited together and has never been released and honestly that's about as good as it gets unless you made a really good movie you know what i mean like i could tell people i wrote something that was shot and now nobody has to see it and de and determine like their opinion on it right right <laughs> I mean, I still would prefer it come out, maybe, but I, I don't feel you. <laughs> well, no, I, I feel you. I'm looking for silver lining. Well, I, I have mean, this problem. I have this yeah. problem that I'm always, by the time something is finished, embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to. 
I'm always very excited and proud of my idea and progress. <laughs> and I'm really excited to share that with people. But when I'm finished with something, I'm like, this is garbage. Well, so, okay, let's talk about Greg Carber. A Greg, no, GT Carber, a.k.a. the rebranding yeah. of the you, the man. Because I've always thought of you as somebody who just sort of like, you know, had an idea and then followed that idea to completion, which you're... Right, you're right. not it's interested hard, in anymore. <laughs> it's harder to it's harder to sell that though, you know. Uh -huh. It's in fact even with the murder mystery branding, I was uh, meeting with publishers. Publishers are interested, and the are they? Woman, are, what are they interested in? Are they interested in you as an idea, or are um, you like you're like pitching a novel? No, not even that. Not even that. I, I, when will this come out? Uh, in like two or three weeks. Okay, so at some point we're next like really week, behind. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. No, I, I am a trying to sell right now a, a like a murder mystery puzzle book based on the murder mystery game that I made, Myrtle. And it's on the internet. Got it. Available to um, people. And but when they looked at like my bio, it's like, oh yeah, I make games. I'm working on a movie. I'm a writer. <laughs> Like, the woman it? was like, how do you divide your time up between these things? Which is something that is, you know, it's very clear that it looks like I'm a fucking dilettante. <laughs> only on one genre. It's still somehow I'm, I'm disorganized. Um, do you, so I'd love to, I'd love to talk about Myrtle. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell tell our listeners tell tell our listeners, tell, uh, our listeners what is what is Myrtle and by our listeners I mean like Alex and Matt when they listen to this <laughs> right <laughs> you know. right I mean you know that's that's great that's two more players uh, Myrtle is an interactive daily murder mystery game that mm -hmm. you can play on your phone or computer Incredible. and you are. You, you play alongside the great deductive Logico who attempts to solve a very logical murder mystery puzzle from clues provided. And then you accuse, you know, one person with one weapon in one location and it tells you if you're right or not. And if you're right, it adds to your streak. You can share it on Twitter, Facebook, to your friends. Uh, it's wonderful. Everybody has a great time. <laughs> People, people like it. I don't know. Uh, are uh, people playing? Yeah, yeah. It's got. It's probably the most successful thing I've made in years. Like you know, and, and I do make. You know, I was gonna say I make a lot of things, but I realized they don't. It doesn't count when you make ninety percent of them and then don't release them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. The bar for most successful. I'm realizing. Oh man, how many I, things have you know? Well. I, you know, I know the blight and I don't, I, I wouldn't want to, um, to, to, uh, reopen old wounds, but you did have a viral video at one point that, right, that right. ended up being very controversial, very controversial. And I would, uh, prefer to Is never this... discuss it again. <laughs> <laughs> Is this more successful than that? Um, well, that had more views. Okay. 
Got it. But this has fewer op-eds about how I'm a bad person. <laughs> so, you know, it's a win-win. And I would say the greatest thing you can say about that uh, video is that no one brought it up to me in any of these meetings. And, oh, what a relief that is. And I think that, I think that also, um, this is funny, part of my changing my name to GT Carver is that it cleared my social media, uh, you know, cash really like efficiently. I highly recommend that. <laughs> uh, you should change your name every five years. But, well, I'm, but, I'm, go on. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Well, go I was going to say, I did go by GT Carver briefly in high school as a pin name. <laughs> and so I am dealing with uh, some dumb things I posted on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, okay. nothing that is like controversial, I guess, but just stuff it's, that is like, like embarrassing dumb. and dumb. Right, right. It's, it's embarrassing in a non like, it, not in a like politically correct way, but in a like, I was 16 years old and I said this way. It's, I really, uh, I really have taken to the, the, the youth, uh, the youth's term cringe. I think cringe right. is. Right. Yeah. There's I mean, a lot of cringe out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately though, the way social media is ranked, I feel like I'll be able to really blow 16 year old me out of the water in, in a couple. <laughs> seeing well, as I... how those posts were made 15 years ago. Eric Roth is a screenwriter, so I've just who wrote like Forrest Gump and Forrest Dune Gump, and, yeah, yeah, Dune, just, yeah. I'm, I'm I saw like, you at the end of Dune. I was like, "That's Eric. I know him." My dad texted me and was like, "Did you write Dune?" <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, yeah my bad. <laughs> um, what's the? Would you talk about the process a little bit of um? of creating kind of like from the from inception to like beginning to end of uh of myrtle so the idea i'm assuming comes from wordle uh right well i'll get to that (laughs) okay all right go you know all right i'll shut up no 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 i asked the question and i'll shut up (laughs) (laughs) well i the reason i said that was because i i started making it i mean i like i said i make a lot of things to 90 percent completion and uh-huh. things then get reprioritized. And I have a backlog of if I were to die and, and when my estate was to be willed to someone, that person could put out a new thing every two weeks for the next five years. You're like and Prince. I am like Prince. Yeah, exactly. No, but I, I uh, you know, Dan Donahue? Sure. Uh, he it loves. He's a puzzle enthusiast slash friend of mine, uh-huh. and I was at the coffee shop where I go, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to be working on something else. I don't even remember now, and I instead wrote a puzzle to Dan, and he texted back the answer like immediately, and I was a little frustrated. So I tried <laughs> to make a hard murder mystery puzzle for him. Uh-huh. And he texted, and it took him longer because he texted back in like an hour saying that the puzzle was broken and didn't work. <laughs> and so I wrote a computer program to create the puzzle for me so that it wouldn't be broken. Uh-huh. And the next day I was able to send him a functioning murder mystery puzzle uh, that I had had this generated and he liked it. He was like, he solved it and he was like, this was great. Uh, 
looking forward to the next one, right? And so it's like all, all your puzzles from here on out will be computer generated. And then it was really like, I say that Dan is my muse on this project because I would like make additions to the program and then send it to him. And then he would be like, I don't like this part. This part's great. And I would like do what he told me to do. And then I would send him the next version of it. And it like evolved and developed through that process of me sending versions to Dan. And at that point, it was called something like Deductive Logico's Mini Splendored Murders or something like that. <laughs> it had an awful title. And uh, then Wordle blew up, right? And so I was like, I should call it Myrtle. Yeah. And that's that. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> well, when I told Dan I should call it Myrtle, he was like, that's a great title. You have to release it immediately. Because it's and, about to, yeah, disappear. Because that was in, like, you know, Wordle, like, Crescendo. You know, that was pre, pre them selling it to New York Times. I you and, almost I think it was the creation of Myrtle that the New York Times was like we have to buy this we we have to like put an end to this like right we've got it we've got to end this is nonsense we've got to yeah. we'll stop this <laughs> and so I'm trying to sell a puzzle book of of these cases to someone uh -huh. and but I I don't want to call it Myrtle though because it's not one I don't really believe that Myrtle will be part of the zeitgeist in a year when a book would come okay. out sure. and also. They're not at all like Wordle in any capacity. It's actually not a great title. It's actually a bad title. It's a title that makes you think that it's a good title. And then upon further review, you realize it actually is just misleading. Well, I mean, you could call it, what, what was it, Dr. Logico's? I feel like like I'm the big title is kind of back now. You know what I so, mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, like, and, and the, this is up to publisher discretion. Uh -huh. It is called the Crackable Casebook, and the crackable it, casebook. Okay. yeah, and so and so it's I'm trying to you know it's puzzles, it's mysteries, but I also really like my big thing is that I really want to ground it in like the aesthetic of like a Columbo like '70s LA mystery kind of thing of like okay, fun. you know it's yeah. like it's it's poppy, it's in the daytime, you know these are rich people that you're traveling around bringing down. And, and some people are like, you know, they have this like obsession with like the Victorian age and Wait, with, what do you mean? With, some people, some of these publishers are like, oh, okay. you know, their the aesthetic uh -huh. sensibility is very much about like, they want like Sherlock Jack the Holmes. Kind of thing. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know why I'm bringing that up, but, <laughs> but that's not what you want. You're like, not yeah, but also, also I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, i i was talking to my agent she's like if someone has an idea that's really off the wall you know just say no and i was like well i mean i would first ask how much because <laughs> no idea is too bad this is what i'm saying about trying to make money this is this podcast this is you know well i, feel like I, I can speak know, freely here yes yeah th there you know some people will listen to it we have yeah list like some right listeners. right yeah absolutely but but not nearly enough so that it's gonna get to any publisher's ears who are gonna be right, like right right how dare he talk about me this if they way. log on and they hear this i'm trying to be very nice though you know oh yeah um 
I actually, it's so funny. Like I truly, I wish I would be snarkier about it. I, I truly, honestly, like I'm not saying this just for the benefit of the positive PR that it'll get me from from the response. Are you about to say I love publishers? <laughs> I love all publishers. I love commas and zeros. Um, no, I honestly, it has just been like I've never gotten anywhere close to selling a book. I've written novels, you know, on spec. They don't call it that in the novel business, but you know, I've I've written free novels, and nobody cares. And, <laughs> And this has been great because it has been like, I've gotten to go through this experience, which is almost like a fantasy camp experience for me of like mm-hmm. meeting with publishers and, and, you know, going out and like, uh, uh, I put together a book proposal. The way they sell books, Roth, that you don't, unless it's a novel, you don't uh-huh. write the book first. Okay. You, you put together like a 10 page PDF. Sure. And then you say, if you want the rest of the book, you have to agree to pay me for it. <laughs> Do you and start the book? Like, it doesn't I, have the beginning of the book, or is it just sort I of... I have two mysteries in the, in the proposal of potentially 64 that would be included. Oh, wow, and 64 mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have an algorithm now that makes them, so... Is, and so you could just, you could just pop these, pup, these puppies out. I could Do you technically... Do any... Do you do any fine tuning? Like, what's the I, for the book? We I talk? Will. Okay, but yeah. can we talk about the the algorithm, the murder yeah, absolutely. mystery? I would, I would love to discuss the. Uh, uh, Dan has held to me market the algorithm too. Uh, okay, I'm calling it Moriarty off of IBM's Watson. You know their supercomputer <laughs> that they spent like a billion dollars on. <laughs> so you know Moriarty, who I claim truthfully to be able to generate or to plan rather 1 million murders a minute, (laughs) (laughs) which is uh, accurate, but also a minute is a long time (laughs) for a computer. (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, it creates one of these mysteries every day. And then murder. (laughs) Right. Right. Million a minute. Uh, yeah, and, and so it generates one every day based on rules that I you know, fine-tuned. Mm-hmm. And then I have a little button on the site that says Help Improve Myrtle. Okay. And if you click on that, you can be like, it doesn't work. And <laughs> just last week, I added a button you can switch that says, is this an emergency? <laughs> because <laughs> I would not check the bugs every day because it's like, well, you know, I don't want to like, and then I would check one day and it'd be like 20, like it doesn't work. It's down. And so that was bad. I've so looked- I have a switch now where you can say if it's an emergency. And then like what, it texts you or something? It gets an email immediately. <laughs> and, um, but yeah. Is it, it, uh, what are, so, so have you basically like, how, um, how computer generated is it? Have you kind of given it Ver- like have you given it information or does it just sort of like does it kind of just have a like settings like characters murder weapon right like, yeah, but, yeah yeah but yeah that's all stuff you've filled in or have you not yeah no no okay. no yeah 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 i have created have you not the... done any writing or <laughs> you have done writing it, the, I would say the only writing i've done i mean no no there is some writing but the primary writing is naming 
uh-huh. things and and labeling stuff. There's this um, really amazing uh, artificial intelligence text uh, generation uh, neural net. I don't know. These are buzzwords um, <laughs> called GPT-3 that's made by the OpenAI project. Okay. And it, you can go on. You can create an account right now. They ask you if you're a creator or a journalist, and if you mark journalist, it doesn't give you access, and it says to email them. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre. But but you can sort of converse with the computer. You can okay. say, like, you are a Shakespeare scholar, and uh, I have a question for you. What is this? And it gives you answers, and the answers are not factually correct, but they they sound good, and it's... It's kind of trippy. You can say, like, for example, here is the full synopsis of a film set in the Old West about a gunslinger who is getting revenge for the murder of his parents. And Uh it'll write a six, seven paragraph synopsis of that movie. And it is like, it's unbelievable. I'm working on a book another book and you know you know one of these projects will never get finished and it's not a I, I i typed in like the first sentence i was like here's the book this is the opening line uh-huh. and i had it like finish the chapter okay. and honestly like you know i did it like five or six times and five of them not as good as my chapter one of them maybe better and, <laughs> and so i was kind of like I, I do think it's like you know i told someone it's like an infant king you know it's like I feel like one of these advisors and like the the queen has had a child and I'm like looking at the baby being like one day this baby will rule me. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, it is scary, you know, artistically to be, you know, to, to kind of be looking at AI and you're like, like right now so much like AI fiction or like stories or whatever is just sort of like absurdist. Yeah, basically. It's absurdist or like it's half good and like or it's half like absolutely terrible and half like absolutely brilliant. Right. And then like, you know, like the weird combination. You're just like these are like abnormal combinations of words that are just sort of like beautiful. And then but like then you say something like the floor was dog and you're like, okay, this was right. Right. But um one of the things I think that the AIs are really bad at is remembering things they've previously said because they oh, okay. don't have a way to like structure, you know, they're, they're still really complex text prediction engines. So sometimes yeah. like I, I have tried to get GPT three to write, it can do genres. It can do a lot of genres of these <laughs> like synopses, but it yeah. can't really make mysteries because Funny. it doesn't know how to like, you know, hold one thing in its head. Okay. Yeah. That you need for like a secret twist kind of thing. Uh-huh. It it can do like a slasher movie where a murderer kills a right. bunch of people, but it can't like then that. reveal that the identity of the murderer was this person and there was this clue. You know. Well, I'm not saying that that's that's just a particular weakness of it currently. Right. That you I, you're gonna be the person that like it's actually gonna be murder mysteries that creates like terminator style ai yeah hopefully the the fact right now that it can't like formulate a plan (laughs) to to, like commit murder it's the only thing stopping it 
Yeah, and then like it's like oh, and then Greg Carver came along and uh, and fixed the AI to make it like fully sentient. Well, that uh, was I was when I was pitching one of these movies and or, or I was pitching this book to someone and I was talking about how you know it's it's out it's highly algorithmically generated you know mm-hmm. uh, and they the woman I was pitching to said that they just had a pitch that they considered they almost uh, bought for. A, an AI written like book and she didn't really go into huge details of it, but you know, a cover to cover AI creation. And we all sort of like tut tutted at the nature of the industry, you know, Oh, how horrible, how anti-human. And then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, back to my algorithmically written. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I it's... get to still have authorship in this. It's funny because Camille, my wife, uh, who was actually just on the podcast recently, um, she is a like film and TV buff and she yeah. sees video games and like virtual reality as being this uh usurper in some way right or this this kind of technology that is if film and tv were sort of you know the crown jewels of art in the 20th century right video games probably are now or will be in some way right and then like you know who knows AI fiction is probably somewhere inside of that. Although, you know, even video games, like, right, like the, the roguelike is a, has these AI qualities to it, right? So right, there's already right, right. AI involved in, um, yeah, I mean, like, or, you know, bots in video games have AI, right? So there's already right. AI in. Right, right. Art. Well, and I would say, I would interject to say that, like, AI is a, uh, a marketing term. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, like, I try not to refer to Moriarty as an artificially intelligent system because uh-huh. it's not, it is an algorithmic generator. You know, it is right. a step, a series of steps that create mysteries. Sure. But I think really what separates me calling this like an, uh, a complex proprietary algorithm, words <laughs> that are technically true, from me calling it a, an artificially intelligent system uh-huh. really has to do with like the chutzpah of a salesperson like <laughs> you know how much are you willing to you know claim i think okay i here's a pitch for the personality that is you know greg carber mystery writer is is that you just go like i can't control this anymore like i have to like this thing is going to continue to make murder mysteries and right, i right. have to sell them <laughs> Like you should be like, it's, it's your job as a Sherlock Holmes to like, right. right. Uh, if if to... I don't sell this book, it commits the murders. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to, I actually think I'm going to, um, if I sell this book and if someone pays me to make it, I guess that's the same thing. Um, <laughs> I thinking about incorporating the Moriarty program into the text of the book so that so that people could create their own no no i'm gonna guard that bitterly until i'm exhausted (laughs) my ability to economically benefit from it and uh uh, no 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 so like the murder like the fact that the murder mysteries are being planned by a computer will uh then play into the plot of the book and like maybe there's a third act twist that some evil ai has been murdering these or has been you know planning these murders I like and that. that you cute. as a as a player 
are in some way fighting it, but maybe you're being like tricked into it. Oh, okay. You know, like I, think I will that say that's, that's, that sounds great. That sounds I love nice. selling a book that I haven't written because whatever I want it to be. Is. <laughs> well, I do like it because it, it's, you know. it sounds like you have this like very easy thing in front of you, which is like, you can just sell the like plots given out by this ai and you're like no 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 what if i like actually give myself a very difficult task in order to make this like process satisfying to me as an artist and not just like a sellable thing there's an ai generated meme that is really good and very funny and everybody thinks it's hilarious Uh but it's actually just another meme that someone wrote that then the AI has swapped out two words of. And I, I pulled it up. Okay, it says, looking for a new gym. Ask the gym receptionist if their gym is creepy or wet. She doesn't understand. I pull out an illustrated diagram explaining what is creepy and what is wet. She laughs and says, it's a good gym, sir. Buy a membership. It's wet. And like, that's fun. It's funny. It's weird. It's bizarre. But apparently the whole text of that is from someone else. And, but originally instead of creepy and wet, which are perfect, it was based and cringe. Okay. Which Uh is just normal and doesn't have the effect of the like, you know, (laughs) yeah. But apparently this is the case with a lot of AI stuff. It's trained on enormous uh, libraries of often copyright protected data. And then the stuff it churns out is based on that text, but it, it reassembled in such a way that they're not getting busted for plagiarism. It's like an uh-huh. ultra plagiarism machine. <laughs> and, and that is like a real issue because they're getting away with it. You know, uh, like if my, if I had a, if I wrote a story and it was fed into an AI and then the, st- the AI used that story to recombine you know, you can argue like this is just like someone reading your story and being inspired by it. And I think you can also argue that like, no, the AI is like ripping Designed off your story. To... Uh huh. You they didn't pay to license that story in some capacity. Uh, this is uh, you had such a beautiful transition. <laughs> we. <laughs> Playing three games, you know. But this is the thing is, is that this is because Alex is not here. Alex is such a Alex is so good at just keeping right. this on the rails. Right. Uh, and this, and when I'm left to keep things on the rails, I don't believe he exists. Uh, oh yeah, well time, I only have you on when he's right. like not around. I reach right. out, I go like, "Holy shit, Greg! I need you to play like three games real fast." <laughs> we have right, to record right. a podcast, and I Get did it. Con- well, I almost okay. did it. Uh, we played three games this week. Why don't we start with Home? You played Home, right? right? Okay. Great. Awesome. Home, a unique horror adventure by Bancy Co. Home is a unique horror adventure set in a beautifully realized pixel world. It's a murder mystery with a twist. Oh, yeah. I, I should say that we picked exclusively murder mysteries for, for right. uh, GTK. Uh, to participate right. in a murder mystery with a twist because you decide 
what ultimately happens. Awakened by an oncoming storm, you open your eyes to discover yourself in a strange dark room tucked away in a house that's not yours. As you play the game, it changes subtly, almost imperceptibly to reflect your perspective. It's a horror game unlike any other, and as you'll discover, its truths are entirely subjective. Um, right. I found this game very evocative. Like it's uh, right. Did you play it with headphones on? I did I not play you... with headphones, nor did I play it in the dark. Okay. Request <laughs> it requested you do both, and I think that those are very smart requests. <laughs> I, I didn't so, do it. But, with the but... headphones on, I think it's. Um, you also played it on your phone, right? Right, right. Which I actually thought it was good on. Okay. Um, uh, it was it, very I, like touch friendly. So it's like, it's a side scroller where you're mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you're coming to and you're sort of wandering around um, fairly on the rails in some ways, encountering objects. The most unique thing about it that I, you know, that I really enjoy, or I don't know if it's the most unique thing about it, but every time you kind of like go downstairs every time you transition to another kind of level or whatever, it goes into this pixelated first person view that I found like very compelling. Like I really right, like the, like going down the stairs, the, like going through the bushes, um, going right. up the ladder, all these, all those things kind of made for what I thought started out as sort of being this kind of like pretty uh, standard kind of, uh, you know, side scrolly, thing to be like that sort of pulled me in in a way mm-hmm. that like a lot of pixel art stuff doesn't really try to to do all the time. i thought yeah it had, it had great aesthetic great world i thought that it, it's sort of a classic um like murder mystery vibe of these like sort of abandoned train stations and i i, I mean i'm spoiled i'm getting ahead but like you know a empty mansion you know mysterious tunnels yeah, well, let's. I think with all these things, what's funny about uh, picking exclusively murder mysteries is that right. a lot of these games, you know, sometimes you you don't have to, you don't want to, I don't know. Sometimes you play, you get the flavor of the game, and you keep going. All of these games, right. I wanted to play as much of them as I could because it's like, right, right. oh, the point of the game is to like figure Uncover. out who the murder. The yeah. murder is. So let's here, let's try to talk about each of each of them and then we'll put a little spoiler wall. We'll, you know, talk about okay. them without spoilers, just sort of right. generally. I, I, and then and then we'll get well, then we'll we'll say spoilers and and, and really For each one? It. Like yeah. talk yeah, spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So this one uh, you know, just broadly you're encountering these things that are probably murder weapons, right? Like mm-hmm. uh a pistol or a bloody mm-hmm. knife and you get to mm-hmm. choose whether or not you're going to pick them up and you're kind of piecing right. together you know the details of something that's happened mm-hmm. where like you know as it comes together so i never i i didn't actually totally finish the game but oh you know um I, yeah i couldn't crack the safe at the end uh well i i pulled up a walkthrough <laughs> so okay so just broadly i think it's it's a very evocative game that like the sound um mm-hmm. the sound effects and the soundscape behind it are very Tremendous. like 
Yeah, really good. And as you're wandering around and you're, you're piecing some stuff together, you get these like kind of off the cuff or out of nowhere kind of sound effects that really like shook me every time. Like, you know, it's it's a very good vibe. They did a really the, good job. The like the steam vibe. vent, you know, yeah, the bats. steam vent. The like when you're walking around and like maybe you hear somebody in the woods thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, uh, my girlfriend, uh, there's a cat screech at some point, and she was like, "What was that? What was that? Are the cats okay?" That's good sound design. <laughs> That's great sound design. Um, no. Okay, let's. I'd say spoilers. Spoilers now. All right, spoilers um, commence. Eric, did you kill yourself? No, I didn't kill myself. Did you I kill yourself? Out. I killed myself. You killed yourself? That's well, okay, so... Ended. I looked so, it up online, though. You didn't have to kill yourself. Did you pick <laughs> up all the weapons? I was a I little put, disappointed. I didn't pick up the, the knife. I picked up the yeah. pistol, but I put it back in its case. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I said that there was no Rachel. And so, you know, you get... You, like, look in the bundle of, of clothes. Did you say there was a Rachel? Right. Yeah, I think so. I think at that point I was pretty much following the walkthrough. <laughs> I think it might have told me to say there was a Rachel. So I said there is no Rachel. And then it was like, oh, yeah, there's never been a Rachel. So they're like, it started this whole like fight club kind of ending sort of thing. Where right, I was like, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was no Rachel. Right. Who, and did I- you discover that you were the murderer? I felt like I was being told that I was the murderer, yes, and that I was so guilty of something. <laughs> but I do think that it was a little... Well, I, I read some articles about it okay. beforehand. I don't know if uh-huh. you read anything about it. I read some interviews no. with the guy. It's made, no. I, I think, pretty much by one person. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a Chesterton article on detective stories. You know G.K. Chesterton? No. No relation to me, G.T. Carper. <laughs> <laughs> but Chesterton was this, like, honestly, like, incredibly reactionary Catholic writer. But he was a, okay. really one of, the, one of the best, like, classic mystery writers. And he wrote this essay on the murder mystery and the genre of detective fiction. Uh-huh. And he says it's not about darkness, it's about illumination. And okay. that the, the mystery is... Um, supposed to confuse you with you know what seem like disparate clues but which you learn at the end were actually forming perfectly the outline of the the solution the reveal uh-huh and he sort of criticizes uh certain mysteries as only attempting to confuse you but not attempting to illuminate you ultimately okay and and I was wanted to bring that up, and uh, with regard to home, and I wanted to bring up another thing, which is that mystery games are sort of famously an almost impossible genre. Um, because it seems really difficult. Yeah, you don't really need to have any interaction whatsoever for a good mystery, and in hmm. fact, it actually is not great to have too many like interactive elements because really the the pleasure of a mystery like a puzzle is in your mind and it's in that sort of like you have been given all the clues but you don't understand how they piece together and then you're told how they piece together and you it's like a joke you know it's like punchline joke yeah or it's like set up punchline and 
the, punch the punchline joke. punchline joke and the uh the good mystery the solution links everything together in the only possible way mm -hmm. and it makes you realize like wow like it was obvious right a and chesterton uses a story um from a sherlock holmes story called uh silver blaze i think have you ever okay do you mind if i spoil a late 1800s sherlock holmes no no, no, no. Okay, spoilers, so spoilers, spoilers a good one. in spoilers. So this is a great short story about a horse that's been stolen and a man that's been killed. Okay. Right? And over the course of the story, which is great, you reveal that, in fact, the horse killed the guy and then ran off. Okay. That the guy was attempting to, to kill the horse sort of or wound the horse actually and the horse kills him and leaves and uh -huh. but you don't ever think of because the, the horse is the object of the search so you, you don't think of it as like the yeah as a culprit right right yeah. i mean you know and it's just such a great story and chesterton uses it in one of these essays as mm -hmm. an you know an exemplary example and i think to bring it home mm -hmm. to home mm -hmm. uh that there are like five interpretations he says of this story the creator okay and depending upon what you pick up and what you interact with different versions of the, the different interpretations rise to prominence okay and that there is not from like assiduous work on the creator's part there is not one interpretation one narrative that is like the correct one so i don't know i mean i think that that's compelling and that's cool and it's a cool way to try to create a game around it right like i I, 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 agree. I think that that's um that you're right you know playing these three games i think actually well it's funny because you didn't play the same three games that i played yeah we'll talk we'll, we'll talk about get to that. we'll get to that but, spoilers for know, later in the podcast i think that so let's get to let's get to final thoughts on this game okay. um and uh, we'll give our final thoughts and we'll say if it's a pass or a play. Um, right. But I think that um, what this game does really well is the mood and mm -hmm. a slow building of intrigue where I, you know, I never totally finish the game, but I have this this sort of idea that I know more than this character, right? That I like, I'm the person who committed the murders, right? You know, I, it's... Right, right. And, and maybe... That's through like what I chose to interact with. One and, of five um, interpretations. One of five interpretations. Um, so I think it's I think it's really cool, and I think it's a cool way to try to do this uh, who done it thing um, in a way that that worked really well for me. So I am a play on home. How about you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say you know not to jump to the thing, but I'm a play. I think it's a it's a fun spooky game i think if i played it with headphones in the dark it would be <laughs> even better i think that if you're looking to solve a murder mystery this is not your game mm -hmm. because i think that you're not going to be led astray by red herrings you're going to be sort of by your choices you know uh, uh choosing one of these possible solutions yeah, I think I in that way, I think that that's why, you know, it, to me, it's more interesting in the mood, for, you know, like through vi right, like right. vibe only, like tonally, this game is compelling. And then there's like some ways in which it's a little like, um, 
you know, it can get a little like, oh, I'm wandering around and trying to find the next thing, you know, same as any other kind of plat- 2D platformer. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I'll tell you when I pulled up the walkthrough, which is, you know, and I was trying to finish it as before this podcast. Like about 40 minutes ago. <laughs> right, right. And they said, give yourself 90 minutes for it. And I was like, I bet oh. I can do it. And apparently, apparently you can end the game in 15 minutes. Okay. You can like race through it pick up nothing interact with nothing and get out and it's like the I, I don't remember what the ending was but it's like you're out of the house it's like you have like no <laughs> yeah. you know. i mean that's kind of incredible you're like i don't know that anything wrong has happened <laughs> right right <laughs> well that was weird you know, <laughs> dude i love that i mean i love that style i of, think that's cool too yeah uh game making anyway um right right I, when when uh, did you pick it up? When did you decide that like you needed the, to the, do the, the walkthrough? Uh, it was it was a particular moment, which is it was maybe the easiest puzzle that I've ever encountered in a game, but it perplexed me because until that moment there had been no puzzles. Uh-huh. Which is the uh, turning the little the the water. Oh um, yeah, you had to do it I, more than once for some of them. Yeah, right, and you had to realize that you had to correspond them to the symbols next to them. Mm. And that if you didn't get it to that symbol, I, I don't know, maybe you didn't do that. Maybe you just did it multiple times. I just kept hitting it, it hitting it, hitting right. it until it stopped. There were little symbols next that showed what it should look like. I didn't notice yeah. them until Got I had it. finished the puzzle. But it was that part, I would do it. I would turn them all and then I would leave and then they'd all turn back. And <laughs> it, it happened like, you know, two or three times that I'm, I, I'm, I think I would have been better at it if I wasn't racing, you know? Yeah. But it, I, I thought it was surprising to me because until that moment, there had been no puzzles. And then yeah. I was being asked to solve a puzzle that didn't really feel like it was tied into the... It was a platformer. like It was like a puzzle platform thing. It almost felt like a... Uh, I, I don't really know. But yeah. now before that then, sense. I thought I was piecing together clues, you know. And yeah. at that moment... I start following the walkthrough. That makes sense. I think I would have, I didn't do a walkthrough, but like the part where you're in the bushes and crawling through the bushes, I was like, Oh, I just want to be, I want to be out of this and like move on. Um, right, right, right. Speaking of moving on murder at the cat show by Shantae uh, is the second game that we right. played after a successful and stressful cat show competition. Three women, Claudette, Aberdeen and Ilya head back to their hotel rooms to decompress and unwind. The next day, two women get a knock on their doors Claudette is dead. Was Claudette murdered by one of her competitors or was it suicide? Murder at the Cat Show is the second installation of the Detective series. Episode one is Murder by Candlelight. But don't worry, you can play the games out of order or you can just not play them at all. It's your choice. Um, uh, This one is so I think kind of to your point that like mystery games are difficult. I think that this one sort of exemplifies um, probably how difficult they actually are. Um, right. I, I, you know, this is, it's, it's a game kind of uh, created by somebody who's probably, this is, you know, early in their game making mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. adventure. Um, and so, I think, you know, there are some kind of elements to it that are a little rough around the edges, but, right, um, yeah. but it's, it's cute from a, and from a writing perspective, I found it like 
pretty like surprisingly funny at times when I was not in like expecting it right, to be yeah. funny. Um it's kind of it's like very flat uh the you uh, mean visually. Yeah, just visually it's you got like kind of like four screens no backgrounds. Map you can mm-hmm. kind of go from room to room you're interrogating suspects in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, very no frills going on mm-hmm. in uh mm-hmm. in murder at the cat show what do you think greg well I, I i actually i want to play the first game that the person made they made it for a um like a game jam that was candlestick themed uh-huh. and and they um it is a browser game and okay. uh which i think has like a lower stakes maybe lower you know, like expectation, I guess, than if you've like downloaded the thing and opened it up. And I think it's a smaller, less ambitious game. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to play it because I actually really like liked the creator of the game through uh-huh. this game, yeah. if that makes sense. Like uh-huh. it was definitely the most like, uh, like I don't say like amateurish, but like it is a game made by an amateur. I would, I would say it's not like a professional, right? Uh, game but there was a lot of personality in it and yeah. it was the only I, I didn't play the the next one we'll talk about it i played the first one but it was the only one that i felt like i really was sort of like piecing together clues and talking to suspects and stuff um i would say that from for me as a game developer i thought two things one it needs like better state management like Sometimes yeah. I, yeah. things would repeat. You'd talk to someone, you'd, the dialogue would repeat, and I just wanted it to cross off yeah. options that you'd already selected, so that you could know, like, don't keep talking to this person. Right. I, yeah. I almost felt like I had the experience of like re- having to reread chapters of a book over and over again. Yeah. Every time you go to Ilya, you like hand her the same thing that you've picked up from somebody else. And she (laughs) she does the same thing over and over. Yeah. No, I think that like, that's just sort of, yeah, that is definitely a case of this where it is, it's again, probably like one of the first games that this person has created. Well, and, and like I made, you know, Myrtle, I put it out. You know, tons of people played it. And then a weekend, someone was like, if you click accuse twice, the whole game glitches up. (laughs) And if you just double click one button, it's like it breaks it. Because when I was making it, I was like, they'll only be able to click it once (laughs) because then it'll go away. But you can click it twice real fast. And with games, it's just so easy to like, you're assembling this logic and it's like crushing you sometimes. And one of the things playing this that I felt was cool and that i liked about it was i felt like this is as a game developer like this could be like a a platform for this person Mm -hmm. like they they could use like the engine that they made on this to change the text and make you know a hundred of these and if you made it a little bit more like like funneled so that once you clicked on all the options, there was only one left so that mm-hmm. you couldn't like get lost. And it, I think that, that this could be a cool piece of like tech almost. I mean, it's weird to say that of like a, you know, a pretty simple game, but the <laughs> amount of effort that goes into like, you can go to different rooms and talk to people and bring and hold different items is so yeah. immense that it almost felt like 
like this should be a series of games rather than one game if that makes sense like i wish there were three mysteries i so what i what i do think is really cool is the challenge aspect like yeah, to me yeah. that was i thought very compelling because i think you're this sort of you know illuminates your point which is that like creating a mystery game is really difficult because there's a aspect of a game that wants to put you the you know the person in control and there's an aspect of mystery that wants you to sit there and consume you know details perfectly laid out in order to you know create right. this effect of illumination at the end right, right and so the question is like how do you do that as a game designer right. and right. home kind of proposes like well what if you know the mystery is you know, can kind of unfurl in multiple different directions. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. this is, you know, if somebody says something and you catch them in a lie, then you have a challenge button and you can click that right. challenge option. And then it gives you like the two options that you're going to challenge. It, it, it keeps you pretty on the rails. But every mm -hmm. time I got the, the ability to challenge somebody, I felt so right, smart. Right. You know, I, I was like, it. Yeah, yeah, like this. I've been sitting here and waiting for this, and I got to, I got to do it. And so I, I, I like that a lot about this game. Right. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I, I like the setting. I liked that it's this cat competition. I like. Yes, there's a. There adorable. was a great joke. There was a great joke in it, which is that um, they they say of one of the characters like, she's 54, so she really flaunted her youth, or something <laughs> like that. Like, there's. A, a, and I thought that it had like a really good like voice to it that I yeah. Found very there's compelling. a one of the characters says, uh, "If I see a cat in tiny handcuffs, I won't know whether to laugh or cry." <laughs> yeah, so I funny. love that. I love there's that. also a point where it's like it's pretty tame and PC, and it's you know like it's this kind of like detective discovering this murder mystery, and then somebody calls her a fucker. That's <laughs> right. That's a great lesson in like restraint. If you cannot say fuck until one time and then you say it, it's so much more powerful. That's why I always I support all efforts to for people should swear less. You know? I'm always like, oh, our country's gone to shit. People cuss all the time because I want my swears to be, to be shocking. Yeah, yeah. You move to LA, it's like everybody curses. All the time, you know. I, I took a I took a class at YouTube like six years ago, uh -huh. and oh, they said don't to, swear. People are gonna yeah. not. They said thirty five percent of your audience stops immediately if you swear once. <laughs> That's from data. Uh, we don't. We don't. Uh, we don't use that data on Bundle Buddies. We swear as much right. as we can. Right. Uh, right. Let's get to, you, let's you get you to final that, thoughts. That sixty five percent. Let's get to the final thoughts on uh, right. murder at the cat show. Can I, we spoiler? Can we spoilers? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't I you, was, you I was not it. able to finish the game. I also that's, didn't finish the game. That's why I was frustrated because I needed winnowing to to only give me two or three options left. I don't know who I don't need to talk to. I found yeah. the missing cat. I found yep. the bathing suit. I've yep. talked to everybody about both of them. The inspector yeah. keeps saying come back maybe i'll have it in a little while but i bet you can figure out before then i found a setting that i think it has to do with like how fast time passes i <laughs> i cranked it up all the way it was like <laughs> i still couldn't do it i though am going to return to this game and attempt to figure it out 
because I I kind I want to know. I want to know. know. Yeah, yeah, I want to know who murdered Claudette. Right, uh, right. So that sounds like you're a play. I'm a play. I'm a play because I honestly like I think that you know it's someone who like you said it, it feels like a like kind of a rough project. It feels like for me something that this person could build on and. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when I put Myrtle out, it wasn't as good as it was two weeks later because I got a bunch of feedback from people and you make improvements. And uh, this feels like a game made by someone who could make a series of these games that were really compelling and interesting. And you got to get it on the bottom floor. Um, I think, you know, I think I'm actually going to be I'm going to unfortunately be a pass on this one. I think that. it is funny. The writing, I think, is really well done. I think some of the uh, the kind of um, rough around the edges sort of aspect to it um, made me a little frustrated at times. And I think for yeah, I a murder mystery type of game, especially, you kind of want the speed to ramp up in a way that the, the game sort of um, kind of got in its own way. But that's, you know, there's a lot of really wonderful aspects to right. to this game. So this is that's... something I have this, this just, it makes me think, I'm sorry, I've jumped in in your middle of your thing. Um, that, that in a, in a book, a clue that is held up, you know, and mm-hmm. then you don't understand the interpretation of, and then later on the detective is like, ah, that clue, it wasn't blood. It was paint that uh-huh. the, the painter did it. And you're like, yeah, the painter. <laughs> but in a game, you have to be like, it's a red spot. And it's and like, you have to do it. You know, uh-huh. like, you have to be the one that recognizes that it, it, it. And at some level, the joy of a mystery is is having the reveal kind of shown to you. Like a book, a mystery book is successful. The most enjoyable one is when you have no fucking clue who did it. And uh-huh. you read the ending and you're like, of course. Right. But a game where you have no fucking clue who did it. And then, it's just <laughs> and then you like, have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just tough. Yeah. So, no, it's hard. I think it's like, I think it is. It's funny that we did these um, specifically because they are unique in kind of their difficulty. Like, it's like you've, you've created something that you might really enjoy. And I think that the, the next designers probably the most polished sort of version of it. And, and so, right. You know, uh, listeners be, beware. Greg and I actually played two different games for this last one, which is uh, the result of uh, the fact that I'm kind of uh, at the helm here. We don't have Alex. We don't have Matt. It's just, uh, you know, idiots, idiots in charge. I sent G- uh, Greg a game that he couldn't play because he doesn't have a. PC. No, I, but but the game that I played, which was their forerunner to the game that you played, I honestly thought was tremendous. And, okay, so and so... I I would love to talk about it in relation to the game that you've played because <laughs> I think I think that the game you played was a fully actualized version of the game that I play. So what I played was 2000 to one, a space felony by national insecurities, uh, a murder mystery courtroom drama set aboard the USS endowment in interplanetary spacecraft that has lost communication with earth, utilizing your camera and demonstrating your keen detective skills. You must document your findings and piece together the crew's final hours from the aftermath. This photographic evidence is then applied in a cross-examination 
of the crime's press prime suspect mal the ship's onboard ai system if mal is guilty it is your responsibility to deactivate him uh this is a follow-up ish to 2016's critically acclaimed ish disorient on the murder express which uh, i'm guessing is what you just played. that's right? what i play yeah uh national insecurities returns with a much more ambitious investigation that walks the line between science and fiction resulting in some kind of combination of the two this game is one of the best games that we've played on this podcast um and or you know it's you know, maybe that's a stupid thing to say you know maybe there's there's no you know like i don't know it's it's very the 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 role of critic is is uh, idiotic uh but maybe necessary um anyway th- this is this this game is so fun um and i want to so i'll i'll explain to you what i played greg you explain to me what you played and then we'll 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 see if that turns into an actual conversation i i um, think it i think it will i think it will i'm really excited for this actually so this is a it's a you know an homage to uh stanley kubrick um it's a very you know like very 2001 uh heavy game you're uh in space simultaneously as you are in a uh like you know kind of some sort of bureaucratic office explaining to somebody um these murders that took place that you know you're presuming um happened because this ai you know killed people or whatever and so you're floating around and you float in and um the way you have this camera and you're taking pictures of evidence and it shows up on screens inside of this sort of like AI kind of bubble. And then as you take these pictures, the mechanic of the game is, okay, here's this AI that is going to tell you, you know, its rendition of events. And if you catch it in a lie, it's going to tell you the actual truth. Like if you logically, um, you know, befuddle it in some way it's going to say oh no wait actually you're like you're right this is what actually and how do you logically befuddle it so you you take these pictures you gather the evidence and then in this room on these screens are all of the the you know pertinent evidence things and you'll click you left click on one and then you right click on another in order to um basically create a conversation between the two so for example um you have this uh person who's gone out of an escape hatch i don't want to i don't you know i don't want to give any i I actually i want to put up the spoiler wall before i like really go into right because well um i think that this game is like very much worth your time and playing and i don't want to like ruin no no you know people this is Tremendous. I would love to put up the spoiler wall. I would love to tell the entire story of Disorient on the Murder Express because I think that the things you've said are all in this game, which took about 10 minutes to play. Uh-huh. And I thought was actually kind of magnificent and ended beautifully. <laughs> and I would love to tell that story. And then because I think that the key elements are in this game, but that they were like, it sounds from what you're saying, like, beautifully extrapolated yeah so, so let's all right so, so spoiler wall okay spoiler wall here here. basically basically Turn off, ladies and gentlemen play these play these games and, right. and now yeah, we're absolutely. gonna spoil the spoil the shit out of them okay disorient on the murder express opens you are 
a alcoholic detective. You're in front of a bartender. It's divided into very short chapters, which each take about 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Um, you talk to three separate people, a bartender, an admitted con man, and a rich lady. Um, oh, and a lawyer who has very expensive legal bonds, okay. right? And he's going to shut down the train uh-huh. because the legal paperwork, which is very valuable, they call them bonds at some point, is like going to get the train shut down. And he is he is murdered. And you investigate the crime scene, and there is, uh, 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 there are clues that point to each of the three suspects, right? The bartender, the rich lady, and the admitted con man. And they all have very interesting satirical, uh, uh, like, voices. I mean, they're text, but, like, I mean, you know, that sense of voice. Um, <laughs> you... You identify all these clues, and then you walk over to the fireplace, which triggers essentially the, like, you know, detective speech, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it's all, I think it's the exact same as 2001, where it's, uh, it's like first person, and everybody has this sort of strange, like, um, monochrome look Uh to them. Yeah. And the three suspects are there and all of the clues are laid out in front of you. And I love this mechanic, which I feel like was what you're saying, the basis of this other game, Mm -hmm. which is that you could point to two clues and then it would tell, it would create text that explained how they were linked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you didn't actually have to have figured it out more than like, I think these two are connected. So you point to like this and the bartender, and it'd be like, that poison was the bartender's, right? And well, you point to all these clues, and you show how they're all... I'm all, I'm like 30 seconds from finishing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you point to all these clues, and you, you show how they're connected to each one of the three suspects. And then when you're done, it wants you to turn around and click on the fireplace again to make uh-huh. your final accusation. Uh-huh. And you turn, and you face the fireplace, and you click on it, and the text comes up and says, all three of you did it in cooperation. Because this man threatened you in various ways. You all had a motive. You all had an opportunity. You clearly did it together. And then you turn back around and all three of them have guns pointed at you. (laughs) And then there's bang and the game is over. (laughs) And it was so, it was so satisfying to have like, like a mystery. I was like a book. I was not expected to actually crack the case myself. I was allowed to sort of watch the connections be identified. Mm-hmm. And then I just, what I so loved is when they said, you know, you all did it. They just, the way that they had mechanically gotten me to turn away from the people. Yeah. And yeah. then turn back and they all have guns. And then it was just over. It was it's, so beautiful to me. I and, think so this um what i think is is a great innovation from that is that you're presenting this evidence to this ai which is funny to like bring this full circle to our conversation right, yeah or and the ai is lying to you to basically hide its tracks but if you catch it in a logic fallacy it will it'll backtrack and tell you the truth so right right so what it was was that like it would be like i you know they killed them with this and then you would go like you would click on one thing and then you would right click on the other thing that showed that like it wasn't possible for them to have killed them with this right right it's that that mechanic of like of like you point to two things and then the game explains yeah the game is like oh you're right actually uh you know right 
and very, then also, very clever mechanic. There's a there's a nice like lovely twist at the very end, and I'm just gonna say like Greg, you should figure out how to play this game, even though you don't have a PC. No, um, I've been meaning to buy one to play this I one think game. So. This is like worth. <laughs> it's worth it um but I, let's get to let's get to final thoughts because uh, i think we've yeah. gushed we've gushed about this i'm a i'm a play i don't want to actually spoil much more of oh i get that yeah a space fantasy or a space felony because um it, it's it really it's it's like a beautiful kind of um you know i don't want to say gem because obviously people have played this game and and you know love it and enjoy it and here i am just being like i played it we played a game uh last week that was from like 10 years ago and we were like this game is so fun and the person tweeted at us like thank thank you from 10 years ago or like you know not really thank you because we said that like the name was stupid um <laughs> uh, but you know they were like well the naming conventions are from like 10 years ago and we're like oh yeah that's a good point what um, was the name i haven't listened they bleed pixels and Oh, okay. So you know, it's from yeah, like ten years ago. I don't know. Anyway, like a good title. It was fine. The, the point is, hard. the point is, this game is so much fun. I'm going to continue to be a champion of this game, and I think you know, to your point, the mystery game is very difficult. It's a very like difficult. It's it's difficult because we have experiences that we know that we enjoy. It, like as far as mysteries are concerned, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. when you're creating a game around that, you're you're trying to, you know, recreate the feeling of a like pre-written detective or you know mm -hmm. agent figuring out something, and this figured out a way to do that in an incredibly compelling mm -hmm. and interactive way where I felt like I was in like in control, but I really wasn't like you're saying, I, you know, I just sort of, I connected the dots and the game did all the work for me. Right. Um, right. Very, it's a beautiful, excellent uh, storytelling uh, play. What about you? What are your final thoughts on yeah, the game I that mean, you played disorient on the murder express, th which I, you know, explained beat for beat. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's for sure play, but um, I also told you the whole story. So, <laughs> you know, but it is, um, it is, I think, a really interesting play. I, I would recommend you play it because I think that you'll find the like seeds of the like fully realized game that you played really like fascinating to see like oh, they, like, figured that out in this game yeah. and were able to turn it into such... And, they, you know, there's another one. There's, like, Once Upon a Crime in the West, I think it's called. Yeah, I, which is maybe is more recent? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, like, that, I mean, you know, it it seems I'm, like you gotta... I'm ready for it. Yeah, I am uh, I am a... Uh, National Insecurities, I am a new fan. I am a fan. Yeah, yeah, same, same. There's, there's some essay or youtube video essay or maybe it's just I, I don't remember where i read this but someone made this argument a while ago that mystery games don't need mechanics mm. that that you don't like so often when mechanics are introduced to these mystery games they're sort of orthogonal to the mystery it's like yeah. in home yeah, yeah. like you've got to like figure out how often to turn these these things has nothing to do with the mystery. It's just like yeah. a, a platform puzzle almost. And, right. and I feel like the mechanic that you're describing and the one that was in 
Disorient of the Murder Express is like a fun mystery mechanic. And I and, think profound, like it's a profound. Yeah. You know, we we encounter these kind of like, um, like in They Bleed, Bleed Pixels, the game that we really loved, and then said it had a stupid name, and then like we got a nice little Twitter thread about like why the name came up, and he was like, I kind of agree, but um, in that game, you you basically like collect you know power ups, and then. When you have enough, you can stop and it creates a checkpoint. And it's like a prof it like has this profound um uh effect on the gameplay. And anytime you encounter this sort of like incredibly unique uh original sort of um mechanic, it's it's so it's so exciting. And I think that that's the joy yeah. of like these you know, indie bundles is that like a lot of times people are innovating or, you know, I'm sure that there are other games that have this, right. You know, like maybe I think it's innovation. Maybe it's, you know, exists. Sure. Yeah. You else. never know. Um, but you know, people That's are innovating I... kind of just cause you're like, people are taking big swings and, uh, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't, but it's. That's why I love playing these, like, like, you know, very early, you know, a game you made in a game jam in 72 hours or something, because often they've like figured something out that they're going to, they're going to go now spend five years of their life making into yeah. this huge game. You know, it's kind of amazing to watch very, there's a fascinating thing in game development and in all programming, which is that you can reuse something in a way that you can't in any other art form. Like <laughs> maybe there's an equivalent, maybe what I'm talking about is the equivalent of like using the same camera angle or the same, you know, uh -huh. sort of like literary technique, but it really feels like you can spend you know, six months coding something that's so complicated and then just like copy paste it into the next game and it, uh -huh. it's fine because the text is different, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> and so you, I feel like you can really see the development in, uh, I, you know, play, there's a, a famous game dev meme, which is that I want, I want smaller games with worse graphics. I want shorter games with worse graphics by people who are, I can't even remember. But the point <laughs> of it is that bad games are better than good games. Um, it argues it better, you know. Greg, Whoa. thank you so much for doing uh, Bundle Buddies with just me. There's, there is no Alex. Um, where, where can people find you? What would you like to plug? Yeah, plug gtkmysteries.com. That's where I'm putting my mysteries. I got mystery games, mystery fiction. Uh, there, we're, I got a book club. We're reading mysteries. We're gonna read um, the Decagon House Murders. It's a it's a Japanese homage to Agatha Christie. The golden age of detective fiction ended in America in the '40s. It's still going strong in Japan. I'm very <laughs> excited to read this book. That is apparently great. And if you want to read it with me, go to gtkmysteries.com and join up. Awesome, Greg. Thank you so much. That was a great, that was a great podcast. Alex, I think that we're getting really good at this. Even though you weren't on this one, I think you're also getting really good at this. By extension, I'm, you know, we're co-hosts. And so our uh, successes are successes and our failures are our failures. 
That's so this true. is one of this is one of our successes. Actually, I don't uh, I don't claim any of your failures. Your failures, I, I <laughs> are your own. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. You I don't can, claim you any. Share in my, you can share in my successes. No, I don't claim any of your successes. So I do claim <laughs> your failures. Thank you. Uh, anything that goes wrong, it's my fault. Anything that goes right, that's all you, baby. Oh yeah, you know it. That's You're my like little it. my golem. I made you out of clay. <laughs> Gollum, 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 Gollum. I made you out of clay. Um, what was that? What's that book? The snow falling in. Are you thinking Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Gollum. <laughs> what's your What's your best Gollum impression? Can you do a Smeagol? Uh, Smeagol watch. Um, can I do a Can I do a Smeagol? Where is the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> So this is specifically a Smeagol for the Lord of the Rings property. <laughs> Where so... is the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> what is Tolkien, precious? <laughs> what is Tolkien? <laughs> precious? Who wrote me? Uh, what if it's like Smeagol but for Joe Rogan? So be like, what is Rogan, precious? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What if Joe Rogan just had like a little Smeagol like chained up in the corner yeah he probably fucking does that yeah just that fucking guy fuck that, that guy just, yeah, yeah. anyway what's what's up with next week alex we got a great one next week we heard from a uh uh i mean now friend of the show and bundle former listener of the show hopefully uh past and future listeners of armand from just a hobby games reached out uh he's a ttrpg that's a, a tabletop rpg designer uh who heard about the podcast and was listening about the podcast and reached out and was like, can I be a guest on the podcast? And we were like, yeah, we don't know anything about uh, a tabletop RPGs. So he comes out and fucking schools our asses. Not in, a, it, not in like a, a, you know, he dunks on us way. Just like a, he's incredibly generous and uh, friendly and teaches us a lot about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a blast. It's super fun to uh to hear that there's somebody who listens to the podcast and um yeah. it's, fun to have them it's nice just to hear there's someone out there you know what i mean we see the numbers <laughs> but we don't really get a sense that there's like people who aren't our friends you know they're listening to it yeah i was like oh my god i've got a lot of friends but turns out some of them are strangers and that's always really nice and i'm like uh well you try to make everybody your friend uh because you're like a friendly guy me i'm right which which is which is ironic because at the end of the day you know doesn't that mean that if everyone's my friend isn't also no one my friend no everyone's my friend there we go i think that's the answer (laughs) we were looking for we played uh the water's fine from the ukraine all these games from the ukraine bundle by the way it's uh this is by developer ouch it's an action arcade diving procedurally generated roguelite horror game. Uh, we played Crest of Growl DX uh, from Pixelboy, a racing action platformer 2D fantasy local multiplayer multiplayer pixel art retro single player adventure game. And Infinity from the Ukraine Bundle by Barnecue, a puzzle action adventure narrative psychedelic single player surreal weird game. Weird, That's it, folks. Weird. 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 So it's a weird. weird game. It's a weird one. What it's a blast, Smeagol. It's a weird one. Oh, uh, what's weird. taters? Hey, what, <laughs> what's taters? 
What's this podcast, Rogan? <laughs> oh, God. Podcast. Boil them. <laughs> record them. <laughs> edit them. Play them on your pod. Bundle buddy. What's bundle buddy? What's this bundle buddies, precious? Bundle buddies. Okay. Bundle buddies. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stool. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or uh, or Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. Uh, you can track us down on the web um, at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter or www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com. Pretty soon. We've been threatening for a while, but we want to add. This is like such a, a simple thing that we should do, but we keep on talking about it. I'm not I'm not trying to target Eric for this. I feel uh, very explicitly responsible, too. But we want to create some lists of like different games that we've either loved or that are like specific sorts of games that you might like. And we're yeah. Gonna that too. We've said it on the podcast now, so it's pot is bond, as we said. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Alex, I love you. I love you too. song is Neoshiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi.